Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Samuel Little is one of the most prolific serial killers to have ever lived. Little confessed to 93 murders between 1970 and 2005. As of 2021, Law enforcement was able to verify more than 60 of these confessions, and they believe that all of Little's confessions are credible. As I was researching Samuel Little's history, I couldn't help but feel immensely creeped out and disturbed. First, just because of the sheer number of people he's killed, but second, because of the violent way he killed his victims, and third, because of how many times he was captured and then released back into the public to kill over and over again. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the disturbing killing career of Samuel Little, also known as Mr. Sam. All of his victims were women, most of them marginalized black women, and almost all of his victims were strangled. Many of his victims' deaths, however, were originally incorrectly ruled overdoses or attributed to accidental or undetermined causes, and to this day, some of the victims' bodies were never found. I want to start with telling you about Samuel Little's early life. I think what fascinates many of us about serial killers is that we want to try to figure out if these killers are born or if they're made. So let's begin with where Samuel Little was born. He was born in Reynolds, Georgia, on June 7, 1940. He claimed to have been born to his mother who was a prostitute, a sex worker. His family did not stay in Georgia for long because soon after being born, Little's family moved to Lorain, Ohio, where he was mainly raised by his grandmother. During his time in Ohio, Little attended Hawthorne Junior High School. His time there was lackluster. He didn't have any achievements, really, and he struggled with discipline issues. But academics isn't where his issues ended. According to his own account, he began having sexual fantasies about strangling women as a child. These fantasies supposedly began as young as kindergarten, when he saw his teacher touch her neck. During his teenage years, Little also began collecting true crime magazines and these magazines would sometimes depict women who were being choked. 
Issues escalated for Little by the time he was in his teens. In 1956, when he was around 15 or 16 years old, Little was convicted for breaking and entering into a property in Omaha, Nebraska, and then he was held in an institution for juvenile offenders. But then, in 1961, Little was back in custody again. He was sentenced to three years in prison for breaking into a furniture store in Lorain, Ohio. He was released from prison in 1964, and from there, he truly began his career of crime. Samuel Little moved to Florida to live with his mother in the late 1960s. According to Little, he spent that time in his life working at various times as a cemetery worker and an ambulance attendant. And he said he then began traveling the country more, and that is when he had more and more run-ins with the law. He was arrested in eight states for many crimes, some of which included driving under the influence, fraud, shoplifting, solicitation, armed robbery, aggravated assault, and rape. By 1975, he had been arrested 26 times in 11 states for crimes including theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. In 1982, Samuel Little was arrested in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and charged with the murder of 22-year-old Melinda Rose LaPree, who had gone missing in September of that year. Apparently, Little and Melinda crossed paths after Melinda had run away from home to Pascagoula and was doing pot and cocaine while her boyfriend, quote-unquote, pimped her out for money. But Melinda LaPree had a family who missed her after her disappearance. She came from a loving family, but there were some unfortunate events that took place in her life which set her on this dark path. When she was just seven years old, Melinda's mother had died, which sparked a series of events that led Melinda down the wrong path. According to Melinda's brother, Melinda was brilliant and a musical genius who taught herself any instrument she wanted to learn. A grand jury declined to indict Little for her murder. However, while under investigation, Little was extradited to Florida and tried for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount, whose body was found in September 1982. Prosecution witnesses identified Little in court as a person who spent time with Patricia Mount on the night before her disappearance, but due to mistrust of witness testimonies, Little was actually acquitted. He was released back onto the streets to kill again. And unfortunately, this became a trend for Samuel Little. He'd be in prison for only a few years, and then released into the public again and he would kill every single time. The fact that Little served such little time for such high offense like murder is most likely because many of Little's victims were marginalized young black women who were estranged from their families and struggling with poverty and addiction. Not to mention, in many cases, their deaths did not draw the same level of attention or outrage as other killings. On top of the victims being black women, the lack of attention these cases were receiving, and the fact that many family members weren't even aware their loved ones were missing, were probably the reasons why the book wasn't thrown at Little. And this is frankly disgusting and infuriating because even though Little already had an extensive criminal career, he managed to survive minimal time for murder convictions. After his many run-ins with the law in the South, Little headed to the West, to California to be exact. He stayed in the San Diego area during 1984. Later that year, in October 1984, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling 22-year-old Lori Barros, who survived. While working as a sex worker on the night of September 27, 1984 in San Diego, Lori Barros 
said that Little pulled up in a car, grabbed her, and threw her inside. He then drove her up a steep gravel road to a field as she tried not to let the fear of what was happening to her take over. She said that Little then threw her into the back seat, tied her hands behind her back, and began strangling her. She fought back, but this just made Little push harder. According to Lori, quote, it was a game to him. In the middle of the attack, Lori said she came to the terrifying realization that this was Little's plan all along. He wanted to kill her, not have sex with her. During the attack, she drifted in and out of consciousness multiple times, and when she came to, Little asked her to swallow. When Little was through, he tossed Lori out of the car and drove off. According to Lori, she was stricken with so much terror and fear that she played dead for 30 minutes before getting up. She was terrified that he was still in the area. Eventually, she made her way to a nearby phone booth, and she called a friend to pick her up. Hours later, Lori's friend urged her to file a police report, and she provided the authorities with a description of Little, his car, and the location of the attack. One month after the incident, San Diego Police Department trainee Wayne Spees and his partner read up on the Lori Barros report, and while out on patrol, they decide to stake out the crime scene in hopes of tracking down the suspect. On October 25, 1984, they caught Little attacking another woman. He was found by police in the backseat of his car with an unconscious woman, also beaten and strangled, in the same location as the attempted murder of Lori Barros. The other woman who was attacked, along with Lori Barros, both testified against Little at a joint trial in the mid-1980s. Little was offered a plea deal, and he was given four years in prison for assault and false imprisonment. He was released in 1987 on good behavior. Little served only two and a half years in prison for both crimes, but upon his release in February 1987, he immediately moved to Los Angeles and committed many more murders. There were 16 additional murders after his release from prison in 1987. They were recounted by Samuel Little when he confessed to the crimes. These victims were killed in the Los Angeles area, and they have not been identified by police yet. Because these victims are unidentified, they obviously have no name, so the cases are referred to by how Little described the victims or where the victims were killed. The first murder he confessed to took place back in 1984, before he was imprisoned. Little claimed he killed a black woman near the intersection of Florence Avenue and Interstate 10 in 1984. According to the police bulletin for this case, he took her to a slope that lays up to the freeway and had sex with her right there off the highway. He said he strangled the woman and dragged her body up the hill, leaving it by a service road. There were also the cases of the granny and the skinny black girl, who were killed in early 1987. In January or February 1987, shortly after getting out of prison, Little claimed he killed two women on the same day. He said he strangled a black woman whose nickname was Granny in a house with a concrete floor and no roof. His second victim was a skinny black girl in her early 20s. According to the Los Angeles Times, Little picked her up on the side of the road, strangled her, and left her in an alley. There's also the case of a woman killed in a garage. Again, in either January or February 1987, Little said he strangled a sex worker in the garage of a vacant house on Figueroa Avenue. Inside the garage, Little remembered seeing sawhorses, planks, and paint. 
Little started to strangle the woman on a ledge about five feet off the ground. She fought back, and they both fell to the floor. He choked her to death and left the body face down on the concrete. And a few days or weeks later, Little noticed the garage had been cordoned off by yellow police tape. There was also the woman in a miniskirt. Little met a black woman in 1987 at a Tam's hamburger stand near 51st Street and Central Avenue. He said he strangled the woman who lived in a nearby motel in the backseat of his car and placed her on an iron railing next to a convenience store. Little said the store may have been in Long Beach. Another case is of a woman strangled in the Hollywood Hills. Little strangled a woman he described as a drug addict and gang member. He said the woman fought back vigorously as he strangled her in a Compton parking lot. He said he then dumped the woman's body over a tall fence in the Hollywood Hills and heard it tumble down an incline. Little believed he killed the woman in 1987. The next murder he confessed to took place in Griffith Park. In 1987, Little met a black woman in her late 20s near Florence Avenue and Broadway. Little said he drove the woman, who had just gotten out of jail, to Griffith Park and strangled her on a dirt road. He then allegedly left her body in the woods. He also confessed that way out in the country he killed another woman. Little met a black woman in her early 20s near the Frontier Hotel on 5th Street in 1991 or 1992. Little said he drove the woman out on Central Avenue to a barren hill that only had a couple of trees on it. He strangled the woman not far from the hill, and he left her body in some trees. And there's Linda. Little claimed he met Linda and a friend named Christina on Figueroa Street in 1991 or 1992. Little took Linda, who he said was a sex worker, into an alley and strangled her. He said he then tossed her body over a wooden fence into a backyard near 71st Street and Hoover Avenue. Little recalled that a child found Linda's body, and the killing was the talk of the neighborhood. Not long after the slaying, Little said he lodged a complaint with Los Angeles police about Christina, that's Little's friend, because she had sold him wax, not crack cocaine. Little remembered that police arrested Christina on a warrant. And it just gets worse, y'all. Little also confessed to killing a woman in a turban. Little said he killed a woman in Compton, perhaps in 1992. He met the woman at Tam's hamburger stand on Figueroa and Imperial Avenues. He drove the woman, who was wearing a turban, toward Compton. According to the bulletin for this case, it was raining and rioting was going on at the time. Little strangled the woman in what he referred to as his quote-unquote raggedy Cadillac, propped her body in his car to make it seem like she was sleeping, and drove behind a bank or loan company in Compton. He said he left the body face down on some grass behind the building. In 1992 or 1993, Samuel Little drove a black woman way out into Los Angeles County. He recalled pulling off a side road lined with what he described as elephant grass. After allegedly strangling the woman, Little said he dragged the body into the tall grass where he left her face down. Little claimed the woman's body was eventually spotted by a helicopter. There was also the case of a woman strangled near an observatory. Little said he picked up a slim Latina woman in her 20s at a liquor store on Central Avenue in 1992 or 1993. He remembered that she told him she was from Phoenix. They drove around town before heading toward what Little described as a Coast Guard telescope or observatory. He pulled off a driveway and headed down a road into the woods. He strangled the woman and dragged her body about 30 feet into the trees. 
A few years later in 1996, Little also killed a woman named Sheila. He met this black woman whom he described as being 5 feet 6 inches tall, 120 pounds, and in her 20s, at a Tam's hamburger stand on Figueroa and Imperial Avenues. Sheila, he said, was with a friend, and Little gave them both a ride in his blue Cadillac. The next day, Little met Sheila again at Tam's hamburger stand. She was wearing a black dress, and Little believed she was a member of the Bloods street gang. He strangled her in his car, threw her in the trunk, and headed south on Vermont and past a horse ranch. He discarded her body in a grass-covered vacant lot next to a convenience store. Then there was Tea Money. Little told police that he met a heavyset black sex worker, whose nickname was Tea Money, in 1996 at San Pedro and Manchester Streets. According to Little, he took her to eat at a hamburger stand near Slauson Avenue that was across from a medical clinic. Little admitted that he strangled the woman in a parking lot and dragged her into an alley. According to the account he gave detectives, he then left the body in a pile of garbage and covered it with an old mattress. And then there was another murder, one of a woman left in a bathtub. Little claimed that after meeting a white woman in a homeless encampment near Central Avenue and Hooper Street, he went with her to a crack house on Slauson Avenue. He said the woman was about 5 feet tall and 110 pounds. He and the woman later walked to a nearby vacant house. He recalled the floor was dusty and that the woman left footprints everywhere. Little strangled the woman in the bathroom, disrobed her, and placed her in a bathtub. And finally, Little confessed to killing another woman in 1996 and leaving her body in piles of garbage. Little claimed he killed a black woman in her 20s who had been living in a halfway house off Florence Avenue, not far from the 10 freeway. Little told authorities that he took the woman who was wearing a long dress decorated with flowers to an automotive supply building. Little said he and the woman got into a dilapidated truck outside the building and he started to strangle her, leaving her body in piles of garbage. Little believed the woman might have been named Helen and that the killing took place in 1996. Samuel Little was finally arrested on September 5, 2012, at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky. He then was extradited to California to face a narcotics charge. This charge allowed authorities to use DNA testing to establish that he was involved in the murders of Carol Eileen Elford, killed on July 13, 1987, Guadalupe Duarte Apodaca, killed on September 3, 1987, and Audrey Nelson Everett, killed on August 14, 1989. You have to remember that back when Little began killing, DNA wasn't an option for police when solving murders, but since DNA had come a long way and Little was finally caught again, being able to submit his DNA in the database was huge. All three women were killed and later found on the streets of Los Angeles. After getting Little's DNA, he was extradited to Los Angeles where he was charged on January 7, 2013, for the murders of those three women. To add, a few months later, the police said that Little was being investigated for involvement in three dozen murders committed in the 1980s, which until then had been undisclosed. Not to mention the Laprie murder case from 1982 was reopened. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Little was tried for the murders of Carol Eileen Elford, Audrey Nelson Everett, and Guadalupe Duarte Obadaka in September 2014. The prosecution presented the DNA evidence as well as testimony of witnesses who were attacked by Sam Little at different times throughout his criminal career. On September 25, 2014, Little was found guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Not surprisingly, on the day of the verdict, Little continued to insist on his innocence. He served his sentence at the California State Prison in Los Angeles County. According to Christy Palazzolo, who was a crime analyst with the FBI's Violent Criminal Apprehension Program at the time, quote, For many years, Samuel Little believed he would not be caught because he thought no one was accounting for his victims. Even though he is already in prison, the FBI believes it is important to seek justice for each victim to close every case possible, end quote. And that's what the FBI strived to do. In the coming years after his imprisonment, many law enforcement officials from many states were announcing confessions made by Samuel Little for crimes that took place during 1970 and 2005. Little bragged in an interview about how he was able to get away with his serial killings without getting caught. He said, quote, I didn't go effing around there with the people that would be immediately missed and very important to either family or business or somebody. I'm not going to go over there in a white neighborhood and pick out a little young teenage girl like the weirdos do, end quote. 
I can't recount all of the confessions Little made because we'd be here all day, but these are the ones that Little confessed to and have been confirmed by police. On November 9, 2018, Little confessed to the 1996 fatal strangulation of Melissa Thomas. On November 13, 2018, Little was charged with the 1994 murder of Denise Christie Brothers in Odessa, Texas, after having confessed to the crime to a Texas Ranger in May 2018. Little pleaded guilty to the murder of Christie Brothers on December 13th and received another life sentence. On November 15, 2018, the Russell County, Alabama District Attorney announced that Little had earlier that month confessed to the 1979 murder of 23-year-old Brenda Alexander. His body was found in Phoenix City, Alabama. On November 16, 2018, Macon, Georgia sheriffs announced that Little had credibly confessed to the 1977 strangling murder of an unidentified woman and the 1982 strangling murder of 18-year-old Fridania Smith. In the fall of 2018, Little also confessed to the 1982 murder of 55-year-old Dorothy Richards and the 1996 murder of 40-year-old Daisy McGuire. Both of their bodies were found in Houma, Louisiana. And there's more. On November 19, 2018, Harrison County, Mississippi Sheriff Troy Peterson said that Little had confessed to strangling 36-year-old Julia Critchfield in the Gulfport area in 1978 and dumping her body off of a cliff. On November 20, 2018, Lee County, Mississippi law enforcement officials announced that Little had admitted to killing 46-year-old Nancy Carroll Stevens in Tupelo, Mississippi in 2005 and that the case would be presented to a grand jury in January 2019. And on November 21, 2018, Richland County, South Carolina authorities announced that Little had confessed to murdering 19-year-old Evelyn Weston, whose body was found near Fort Jackson, South Carolina in 1978. Little also confessed to having killed 20-year-old Rosie Hill in Marion County, Florida in 1982. On November 27, 2018, the FBI announced that a violent criminal apprehension program team had confirmed 34 of Little's confessions and was working to match the remainder of Little's confessions to known murders or suspicious deaths. Little began making the confessions in exchange for a transfer out of the Los Angeles County prison where he was being held. In December 2018, Little was indicted for strangling to death 23-year-old Linda Sue Boards in May 1981 in Warren County, Kentucky. Her body was found on May 15, 1981 near U.S. Route 68. Another one of Little's victims was identified in December 2018 as Martha Cunningham of Knox County, Tennessee, who was 34 years old when Little murdered her in 1975. On May 31, 2019, Ohio prosecutors announced indictments with four counts of aggravated murder and six counts of kidnapping that accused Little of killing Mary Jo Payton in 1984 and Rose Evans in 1991 in Cleveland, Ohio. Both victims were strangled and dumped. The body of 32-year-old Rose Evans was found on August 24, 1991, in a vacant lot on East 39th Street. She left her hometown of Binghamton, New York, when she was only 17. She had been strangled, according to the coroner at the time. As for Mary Jo Payton, an anthropologist had to create a model of what she looked like. But she remained unidentified until 1992, when Cleveland put her thumbprint in an FBI database and got a match. Little picked up Mary Jo at a bar near East 105th and Euclid Avenues. 
you described her as short, plump woman in her 20s with brown hair. Little confessed to killing another Cleveland woman in 1977 or 1978. The woman murdered in 1977 or 1978 was found on March 18, 1983, in Willoughby Hills, Ohio, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. She was likely black and somewhere between 17 and 35 years old. The woman's body had been dumped down a grassy slope, near a fence in a wooded area just off Interstate 271. Only her skeleton, some clothing, and jewelry remained. And there were more confessions. Little confessed to killing one woman in Akron, Ohio, two in Cincinnati, one of the bodies was dumped outside of Columbus, Ohio, and one woman he met in Columbus and disposed of in Kentucky. Of the two women Little murdered in Cincinnati, one was identified as 33-year-old Anna Stewart, whose body was dumped in Grove City, Ohio. Anna Stewart was last seen on October 6, 1981, getting out of a cab at General Hospital to see her sister in the hospital, which is now University of Cincinnati Academic Health Center. She was killed on October 11, 1981. He killed the other woman between 1980 and 1999. The Jane Doe was anywhere from 15 to 50. The details of her age and the date of her murder are unclear. We do know that she was black, slender, she wore glasses, and she lived in the over-the-Rhine neighborhood of Cincinnati with a quote-unquote heavy female Hispanic. Little left her beside a cigarette billboard in Ohio. And the indictments began to add up too. On June 7, 2019, Little was indicted in Hamilton County, Ohio for murdering the two women killed in Cincinnati. Little had drawn portraits of many women he killed. These portraits were released by the FBI in hopes of someone identifying the women. At least one of these portraits solved a cold case in Akron, Ohio. In November 2020, Little confessed to two Florida murders from one of which another man had been wrongfully convicted. On April 22, 2022, a woman Little killed in Memphis, Tennessee, whose body was found on the Arkansas side of the Mississippi River, in 1990 was identified as 30-year-old Zena Marie Jones. Many of Little's victims' bodies were never found, and the confessions he provided along with the sketch could not be matched to a known missing person. It's important to note, Little's confessions may not be accurate, as at the time of his recorded confessions back in 2019, nearly 40 years had passed since some of the murders. So these are the unmatched confessions. Marianne from Miami, Florida, 1971 or 1972. Little confessed to strangling an 18 or 19-year-old black transgender woman in 1971 or 1972 and leaving her body in the Everglades near Highway 27. Little remembered her name was Marianne or Mary Ann. She was between 5'6 and 5'7, weighing about 140 pounds. Little does not believe her body was ever found. Little sketched this victim during one of his confessions in 2019. Ruth, Little Rock, Arkansas, 1992 or 1994. Little confessed to strangling a 24-year-old black female in 1992 or 1994. She was between 5'5 and 5'7, weighing about 200 pounds. Little recalled... He stayed with her for about three days as they shoplifted together, and that her name may have been Ruth. Little was arrested for shoplifting from Kroger by the Little Rock police on April 20, 1994. Little said that after killing her, he placed her body on a pile of branches near a cornfield. 
Little sketched this victim during one of his confessions in 2019. Covington, Kentucky, 1984. Little confessed to strangling a 25-year-old white female outside of a strip club in 1984. Little remembered she had short blonde hair, blue eyes, and a quote-unquote hippie appearance. She was 5'6", 5'7", and weighed between 130 to 170 pounds. He drove the woman south on Interstate 75 toward Miami, Florida, before driving into a hilly area near the highway. After killing her in the backseat of his car, he left her body on the top of a small hill. Little sketched this victim during one of his confessions in 2019. Las Vegas, Nevada, 1993. Little confessed to strangling a thin black female around 40 years old in 1993. She was about 5'5 and weighed 110 to 120 pounds. Little recalled she may have worn a wig over short hair. After killing her in a hotel room, Little drove her body to the outskirts of Las Vegas and rolled her body down a steep slope. Little says he does not believe her body was ever found. And he sketched this victim as well during one of his confessions in 2019. The FBI also conducted video interviews of these confessions that Little made. I have to admit they are really disturbing and unsettling. I've left a link in the show notes to these video confessions, as well as the sketched portraits Little made of the victims. According to law enforcement officials, Sam Little had a photographic memory and was able to describe where he met and killed the victims, where he left their bodies, and what the victims looked like. But Little lacked the ability to accurately judge time frames and distance. At times, Little was proven to be off by more than 10 years and 40 miles. However, law enforcement agencies insist that any potential links should not be dismissed based on these two factors alone. I have to say, one of the most shocking things I learned through my research was that Little had a long-term girlfriend named Jean, who is now deceased. She reportedly supported them both through shoplifting for years. Little died on December 30th, 2020, in a Los Angeles County area hospital. Although California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation sources indicate no final determination as to the specific cause of death, Little suffered from diabetes, heart problems, and other health conditions. As of December 2021, according to the Texas Department of Public Safety, more than 60 of Little's confessions have been definitively matched to victims through DNA evidence and or extensively corroborated interviews. But the FBI is still asking for the public's help in matching the remaining unconfirmed confessions. It's important to note Little stated he strangled all of his victims, with the exception of two who were drowned, and was adamant he never shot or stabbed them. Investigators say the manner in which Little killed his victims was more reminiscent of suffocation than strangulation, in that several of his victims did not have broken or fractured hyoid bones in the throat. Also, as previously mentioned, multiple victims' deaths were misclassified in autopsy reports and listed as drug overdoses or natural deaths. If you have any information linked to Little's confessions, please contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI or submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. 
If you enjoy the show, please show your support by leaving a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Lost Crimes Library pod. Before you go, make sure you hit the follow button because new episodes drop every Wednesday and you won't want to miss it.